Welcome to the Permaculture Pimp Cast, where we discuss a pragmatic approach to permaculture. And yes, pimp means exactly what you think it does. And that is permaculture is my passion. Of course, what else would it mean? How you doing, son? Good, Dad. How are you? I'm good, man. <laughs> this is Billy, and this is my son, William. Here we are at Permapastures Farm. It's a wonderful day. Today, it's going to be a good one, y'all. We're going to talk about how to feed your animals for free, which also means feeding you, right? Right. Yeah, words. Sorry, Dad. I thought you were asking the audience. The, <laughs> not the best color man for nothing, y'all. Sorry, Dad. <laughs> how was your day, man? What did you do? Good. Uh, spent... A majority of the day editing videos, uh, also harvested a bunch of comfrey. The bees are kind of ticked right now because mom was saying that the only thing in bloom right now of any consequence is the comfrey. So harvesting comfrey right now, yeah. the bees get a little irritated about that. Yeah, we got lit up last year, y'all. Big mistake we made last year. We harvested all the comfrey at the same time while it was flowering and i'm telling you what man we paid the piper for two weeks man I got stung 13 or 14 times that week yeah we got lit up no doubt about that so hey just and you know what what we did was in violation of of any permaculture principle we didn't leave anything back yeah we went out there took the harvest we left nothing for nature and folks just always remember when you move closer to nature take one step to nature and you're going to find out that nature's going to walk 10 steps right back to you so all that to say, we have comfrey for sale online now. Yeah, <laughs> it's back in stock. Yeah, we do. We do as of right now. Of course, we got bone sauce, comfrey, comfrey salve, and probably a few other things. And then I think future, we have two rice knives left. Well, two I, or three rice knives left. Well, by the time of this recording, um, who even knows? But son, I got to say, man, it is a joy. That first one, that first podcast we did, it was it was great. I think just to be able to speak my mind, but I felt like a pig on roller skates for most of it, but I feel pretty good right now. Well, I definitely feel like a pig on roller skates because I don't have the radio background and I'm behind the camera most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, everybody's going to find out as you, as you, as this whole thing unfolds, I think everybody's going to be glad you're, you know, you're riding shotgun with your old man. So I, I love you, son, and I'm happy for you. I love you too, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what are the what are the other topics? Well, the down? big topic that we're going to get into today today is how to feed your animals. But you know what? I want to prove before we get too far into this podcast journey, son. Look, one of the biggest reason biggest reasons I even wanted to do a podcast is because there's so many things I can't say. On YouTube, there's so many times I was doing a front porch talk. Thank you, Danny from Deep South, by the way, for the great idea. And um, I always felt like I had to stifle what I was thinking. But I'm told in this platform, I can pretty much say whatever I want. So even when I was doing radio, it was crazy. I mean, boy, I'll hopefully tell more stories about that where I would have a person on that I wanted to interview. And then the station manager would find out about it. Uh, for example, one time I had Jan Irvin lined up. Nope, can't have him. Had Jack Spirico lined up. Nope, can't have him. Well, I'm the station manager, so everybody's approved. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much. I think we ought to try this right out. Let's make sure. You know what? I'm going to say some incendiary stuff, and we'll see if we'll have a podcast next week. Okay, let me think here. Huh. Well, Biden. <laughs> there's there's Biden two is, genders. <laughs> okay, there's that. Biden is a criminal. Uh, the jab is killing people. 9-11 was an inside job. Oswald was a patsy. Monsanto is murder. And Jesus is Lord. <laughs> So I can't think of anything more incendiary <laughs> than what I just said right there. So if we're on next week, folks, you'll know the reasons why. So um, also, if um, if we do get kicked off whatever platform, there are other backup platforms at this point. 
well, that we can go to. Do you know which ones we, we do have access to or what we're as on? As far as podcasts, I think we're available on everything. Um, as far as uh, like the videos and stuff right now, some of them are on Brighteon, some of them are on Rumble, but everything is on YouTube. But we can, I mean, we have, uh, you know, stations at each one, so we can transfer everything over. If you guys go to YouTube one day and we're not there anymore, we'll be here and we'll be on Brighteon and we'll be on Rumble. Well, that's a good thing. That is a good thing. So let's talk about farm news, son. Let's get into that. What do we got going on? Oh, next or no, tomorrow I'm going out doing an interview slash consultation. Um, what else happened today? Well, you what were out getting comfrey and whatnot. I guess we talked about that. Yeah. Um, I went out there. And we Look, folks, we don't really ever take a day off. Um, you know, one day of the week we actually do, which is usually from Friday from 6 p.m. to Saturday to 6. But anyway, today we, um, we've been so doggone busy, we haven't spent time with our friends doing anything. So uh, me and your mom, Michelle, for those out there that don't know, that's William's mom, my wife, um, or his, my baby mama, as they say these <laughs> days. Is that what I'm supposed to call her? No. Anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> we went out there, picked up Justin's kids, um, and it's always a joy. So we took him to the park, and, um, you know, it was, well, first of all, man, I didn't realize the full extent of how how badly some of these kids behave out there, man. It just breaks my heart. Maybe it maybe because... Well, not Justin's kids. No. Justin's kids are well-being. No, no, they're awesome. But yeah. no, little Charlotte went up to uh, this older girl and said, hi, I'm Charlotte Rose. Would you like to play with me? And she says, no, and then walks off. Broke her little heart, man. I was, I just wanted to sit over there and I just wanted to throw some sand in that little girl's face. But <laughs> no, I mean, the girl, the girl, I don't know what was going on with her, but, and there were some other kids that were really wonderful, but it, I don't know why it's like in anything. You always remember the one that was a stinker, but you never remember all those wonderful people out there. And I got to do a better job of doing that. And I've been doing it, I think, better on uh, YouTube anyway. So we're going to try to do the same here. Um, okay. So, let me think what else happened today. Oh yeah. Went over to, so we had the kids and when it was all said and done, we went over there, got them some ice cream, man, where we live. That's one cool thing. You've got a lot of fruitcakes running around, but one cool thing is, um, there's a lot of really cool craft places to eat. Well, there's this, uh, ice cream place that just opened up. We took them over there and that place, but it's the ice cream joint is mixed up inside this art gallery. Son, I ain't never seen that. Well, no. it's a art. It's right next to the library too. It's yeah. like an art gallery slash ice cream, which doesn't seem like it's going to mix very well. And then, especially if you have kids eating ice cream, and then you have a library right next to it, and it's all kind of hidden behind, like, an O'Reilly's, I think. Right? Yeah, but I'll tell you what, man, the ice cream is off the meat wagon. She makes this uh, goat cheese and fig, which she didn't have, and I plan on going back in the future and getting some of that. But the thing that got me is this art. What people are calling art, they were, we're sitting there walking through there until some of it became lewd and of course inappropriate for anybody, much less kids. So I turned the girls around when they started getting that way. But man, I'm sitting here looking, people throwing, playing up on the wall, charging six G's for this stuff. <laughs> I'm like, what? Somebody's paying this kind of money for that? But anyway, um, yeah, so that was a day. And then of course, y'all, we got, 
we never really stop. So we mix in a little bit of play when we're able, but we always come back and get back to it. One thing you guys should know about dad, if he ever like babysits your kids, he's going to see how much ice cream they can eat right before he drops them back off. Well, okay. <laughs> going to see how much sugar he can fill them up with and then drop them right back off. Guilty as charged. Justin was back there working in the fields when we came back. He was out there working on his beans, and he was putting some bone sauce out. Um, I gave him a, a jar of bone sauce earlier. I guess the uh, deer were wiping him out. And uh, so I hooked him up. He, I guess he was putting some of that work in the field. He came back. Man, he was sweating like a runaway slave out in that field. I dropped the girls off out there. And, of course, Charlotte, at that point, that she came down off that sugar <laughs> high, man, she was fit to be tied. And I'm like, okay, here you go, bruh. <laughs> so, um, okay, so that's what we did today. So just just uh, getting into, you know, some of the news around us. Um, of course, everybody knows about the Georgia Guidestones. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that. Yeah, you and Mom actually went and visited about this time last year, didn't you? Yeah. What time last year did you guys go? I don't recall exactly, but I remember we were coming back from Deep South Homestead. And uh, we stopped in and met uh, this guy. He is a veterinarian, and he is by far, he's considered the best on the planet when it comes to hair sheep. And we stopped by his place to go pick up this mineral that he formulates. Uh, Worldshepherd.com, um, if anybody's interested. This guy makes this. It'll be in the show notes. Yeah. Well, he makes this mineral that is fantastic. I mean, the guy is a flipping genius, and his place is one of the coolest homestead slash farms I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, when I went up there um, to pick up some mineral after a consultation that one time, yeah, uh, there's like geodesic domes all over the place. The pond is what's heating and cooling the house. Yeah, he's got a water he's source heat pump. This guy is a the... A solar field. He is the ultimate prepper. In fact, that building that he's in, man, uh, well, I better not go into too much of it because for, for security reasons, I better not cover it. But it is a wonder to go there and visit. And the guy... I have got to get down there and visit him. But anyway, when we were leaving there, he said, so where are you guys heading? I said, well, we're heading back to North Carolina. I said, we're going to stop by this um, this Georgia Guidestone. As soon as we said it, he started. He dropped his head, and he started shaking his head. And I said, yeah, I didn't want him to think, hey, man, you know, we're going there to go pray or something. And uh, he says, man, that is one evil place. Well, we ended up stopping in there, me and your mom. And I'll be honest, man. I mean, I know a lot of people are not going to buy any of the metaphysical stuff out there, but I'm here to tell you, I think you go there and things attached to you, man, because things were a little bit odd for a while there. But um, now I can't possibly, as a as a person that loves private property, I can't possibly endorse what happened there, but I understand. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think it was that that blew up the stones? Well, see, I got to be careful here because my background in the military was, um, well, I'll put it this way. I have a deep understanding about how to do such things. And um, I remember texting Miss Wanda down to Deep South, and I said, yeah, it looks like somebody put a shape charge on there to me. And now I'm hearing other things, you know, that maybe it could have been. See, I don't, I don't know that I buy lightning or anything like that because it wouldn't have buckled the whole foundation of that thing. That's what I find a little bit strange. Um, well, I, like Doug Hagman was saying. On a, I can't remember which episode it was, but he was saying what was odd was that they cleaned it up so quickly. Yeah, because they it's a crime, up the crime scene. scene. Right. And think about, huh, remember what I said in the beginning of this? Hmm, think of the crime scenes, big profile crime scenes. They got cleaned up pretty quick. I remember, you know, I'm initially from Oklahoma. So, hmm, I remember Oklahoma City got cleaned up awful quick. So did 9-11. But we better not get too deep in the weeds on any of that stuff, <laughs> well, son. <laughs> The crazies are already filtered out. Yeah. <laughs> <with the beginning. laughs> 
No, the ones that think we're crazy are filled well. it out. I'll tell you what, why don't we just kind of segue into Q&A because we've had, we get a lot of questions, y'all. And that's one cool thing about this platform. Now, I'm thinking that some of the Q&A we actually make videos out of, but some of it we can go into actual really, really awesome detail in this platform. So if you guys have any questions, email billy at permapastorsfarm at gmail.com um, with the subject Q&A for the podcast or podcast Q&A. Yeah, I noticed you didn't send them to your email, but um, like I don't already get <laughs> hundreds a day. So. so do I. Yeah. <laughs> no, folks, I mean, in, in, in truth, honestly, if you have any questions of anything you want us to cover in detail, um, yeah, we'll be happy to cover some of that. So I just basically cut and pasted right off the bat. Uh, some of the ones that we get most of, and we'll just go ahead and start right there. So the first question is, um, how do you make money? Um, you know, honestly, we could, and I think we should do an entire podcast over that, but I kind of, I kind of mentioned it in one of our videos a little while ago where we're on the front porch and we were talking about money to some extent or another. Well, first of all, we live a very low consumption lifestyle, meaning that we don't have car payments. We don't, we don't have any of that stuff. And when I was on the road working as an electrician, I mean, look, y'all, for years, I didn't see my family a lot of times. Uh, one stretch, when we were living in Texas, I went a whole seven months and I didn't even see y'all. Yeah. And um, I was out there chasing that money. Now, it wasn't just... Now, don't get me wrong, folks. I'm, we have never been those kind of people that chase things. The idea was from the very beginning to retire early. And when I say retire, I mean transition. Not, you know, not out there working as a slave to the grind, but going into something that I love, which is permaculture. And it has been for years. So, um, so we saved a lot, we saved a lot of money to be able to get to the point where we didn't necessarily, we made some good decisions and there's things in terms of the, how we make money that I don't talk about because frankly, I'll put it this way, y'all. There are a number of people out there that hate my guts. <laughs> a lot of a lot of which are on YouTube or otherwise. And I'm not going to tell everybody everything. Just I don't I don't need anybody knowing every little chick in the armor, okay? So if they wipe us out, like I said before, we have multiple business ventures, but we can live on one. So let's say as of right now we have 6 7, no, 7 7 ways in which we make money and we can live on one of them. So that's the idea. So then it opens us up to be able to do a lot of really well, what I like to think is the Lord's work. So we can give money away to vets for child rescue. We can do a lot of things. Well, like we mentioned in that other video, you need abundance first. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you got to have abundance. Um, but also, um, it also means there's going to be a fair amount of sacrifice too, meaning that we don't drive new cars. We don't, we don't have a tractor. We don't have these other no. things. If it requires a payment, look, y'all, we're just not going to have it. That's all there is to it. So how do we make money? Okay. Um, we're going to cover that in a greater detail. I'm not, I'm not sidestepping the question, but it deserves an entire podcast in and of itself. Okay. So, okay. Why can't another question here? Why can't I find places to give me food scraps? Okay. That's actually what this podcast is about. We're going to talk <laughs> about that very thing. So that's exactly what I'm talking about. So we'll come to that. Okay. So well, also how many times did you try? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, well, how many times did you did you go out to one restaurant and they told you no? And then I'm not accusing you of not having tried. I'm just saying if you go to one and they turn you down, that's not an accurate representation of the people that will work with you. Well, I'm going to do a replica of something that we did at that Self-Reliance Festival where we we did a long, well, I, I can't say long form. It was about an hour presentation 
of what to do. So in this podcast, that's exactly what you're going to learn. We're going to give you all that how-to. Okay, next question. Homestead security. People are freaking out, son. They're tripping <laughs> in these times. They're sitting here wondering, hey, you know, we saw our most popular video has to do with homestead security. I'd have never guessed it. Yeah. I would have yeah. never guessed it. And it, yeah, it was the military tips to protect your homestead and stuff like that. And uh, none of it had anything to do with guns or anything like that. It was completely the opposite of what people were expecting. Yeah. And I think Barrett Independent said it best at that self-reliance festival as well, that they're like, if, you know, everything does happen, they're not going to come for you. Well, that's, yeah, I, I guess I would agree with him. But, you know, at the end of the day, just remember, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say the Lord is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in him will I trust. So at the end of the day, if you don't start there, in my view, you're already setting yourself up for failure, okay? So, I mean, at the end of the day, yes, you're, you're going to need your beans and bullets. You need all those things. And it's nearly impossible for me to cover every bit of security because there are things that from the military that I learned that I apply from a tactical environment that we use here. Um, you know, we have elevation. We know our avenues of approach. And what I mean by the most likely ways in which people can approach you. You need to know what those are. You need to think about your LPOPs. We're going to cover hopefully some of this more in greater detail. In fact, uh, one of the interviews I've been my goodness, man, I've been getting hit up by interviews by everybody as of late. And, um, you know, in these interviews, there was a guy that said to me, I, I don't even remember what it was, so forgive me if I can't remember exactly. But the point was, at the end of the day, he was saying, man, I think you ought to write a book on homestead security and um, with, with permaculture. And I'm like, huh. No, actually, I said it to him. He was asking, why hasn't anybody written his book yet? And I said, well, because I haven't written it. So, Well, also in the permaculture design manual, security isn't really even talked about. Well, food security, of course. Food I mean, security is in the building of community, which in a way is security because your community is limiting the, the, uh, the possibilities of there being an incident. But there, like security, there isn't a chapter about security. No, no. That's one of the parts that is actually left out. I mean, there's so much in the realm of security that we could cover. But at the end of the day, like I said, y'all, if look, I know that I'm going to lose people when I talk about my faith, but I don't see anybody, you know, complaining about anybody talking when they talk about Buddha or Confucius or whatever they're into, it could even be Satan and nobody jumps off or nobody, you know, gets any havoc for that. So I'm not going to look, like I said, in the very beginning, I am, I can say whatever I want, supposedly in this forum. Yeah. So if you don't start there, in my view, if you don't know that if at the end of the day you're going to spend your eternity with the Almighty, then really what's all this for anyway? So, um, yeah, start your security right there. And hopefully, like I said, home, I, I'm not dodging these questions, y'all. We just need to, um, we need to delve into this in the entire podcast. Now, the last question I'm going to cover here, son, because we really need to get down to brass tacks on this stuff. Um, can I visit? More than anything. Okay, yeah. folks. Yeah, there's people constantly wanting to visit the farm all the time. Um, yeah, let me go ahead and kind of put this as gently as I can, y'all. <clears throat> Excuse me. In these times, I have got to be especially cautious about who comes here. Um, we've already had some people just show up. One clown comes rolling up in here selling encyclopedias. Yeah. And uh, he was some little, you know, he was some bobbleheaded crackhead dude. Ran him off. 
And um, some mystery meat. There's a mystery meat yeah. salesman. Yeah, we had no. It was two people. It was a. They came up and I think they were some kind of gypsies, man. They were selling meat out of this truck. They came all the way up the side of this mountain, and they got this truck and it looks like it's about to tip over trying to get this meat up here. And they're in here saying, "Well, you know, bless us and blah 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 blah." And then the second I told them no, man, you could see their literally their countenance change. And then we had another guy roll up in here. So. Look, y'all, there, there are things going on, um, not nothing illegal or anything like that. It's just in these times, look. Like we have a gate up. We do, but at the end of the day, I know <laughs> a lot of people are asking if they can come by. But, you know, I, as the patriarch around here, I feel myself responsible for everything we do and fail to do. And security has got to be at the top of that list. And right now, if I don't know you, I can't really do that. Now, I'm hoping that we can have some sort of meetup um, or maybe, or maybe even in the future schedule, like farm visits, like right specific days where whoever wants to come visit can come visit. I know Joel Salatin does that and stuff, but he also has like a 24 seven, 365 open farm policy. Well, Joel, know. Joel has even said, you know, I've had uh, contact with him recently and he's actually said he wants to stop by, um, regarding the topic we're going to talk about today. So, um, like I said, if I don't know you, Look, folks, it's, I know everybody wants to come out here and see this stuff up close and personal, and we're working on that, but we have got to make sure there's, there's going to have to be a fair deal of vetting because uh, we've already had some, we've already had some sus- suspicious characters up here, and we live in a place where um, there's a lot of shady folks running around, so we've got to be really careful, but we're hoping to maybe have some sort of meetup later on in the fall, you know, when things kind of slow down a little bit. So... Also, if you do just want to meet us, we have a swale class uh, July 30th and 31st, right? Yeah. In yeah. Uh, Camden, Tennessee. That'll be in the show notes as well. Uh, we're going to show you exactly the purpose of a swale, when you do and don't want to use a swale, how to dig a swale, how to plant one. Everything about a swale we're going to cover in this workshop. That's right. And it's not necessarily not at all to meet us because we're just regular Joes. But if you want to come there and learn how to do this, um, can't think of a more consequential time, y'all. Okay, so let's get down to brass tacks, son. Let's talk about how to feed your animals for free. Okay, with that said. If they're herbivores, that should be self-explanatory. It should be easy for the most right. part if, if you're doing it right. Okay, yeah. so for, for references on something like that, look, there's no shortage of those, y'all. Read Greg Judy's two books. He may have a third out now, but I, I haven't read that. Read Greg, read everything you can get your hands on from Joel Salatin. All your answers are right there. And then, son, I get this all the time. Like, oh, man, thank you for the reading list. But I don't really like to read. So, well, you have to. Yeah, you're going to have to because <laughs> you have you're to, not going to get it all. You have to reinvent everything by yourself. Or go out there and get an apprenticeship with somebody. That works. You can do that as well. Yeah, yeah, you can do all that. So, yeah, those are some good resources right off the bat. I'd also recommend uh, Kick the Hay Habit by Jim Garrish. Uh, there's even an audio book of that, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and even stuff from Stockman Grass Farmer. You can't beat that. So when it comes to your herb- herbivores, there's also going to be a certain type that you're looking for, like your cows. It's not going to be the cow you see up and down the road. It's going to be a very small-bodied cow. Like Greg Judy always says, If you can, you should be able to open a newspaper underneath it and hit his belly. So... <laughs> That's, you know, the ideal cow. We can hit Coco's belly today. Yeah, no kidding. Boy, he's all, yeah, he's chubby right now. So you definitely, like, okay, well, speaking of Coco, if anybody doesn't know, that's our bull that we got from Deep South Homestead. He's a Dexter. 
and he's extraordinarily agile. He can work this mountain wonderfully. And believe me, we live in tough terrain. So also, there's this big thing out there, and son, I know you know about this. Um, Joel Salatin has been talking more and more about it, where people are going out, getting these. They don't want to get anything off the shelf. They want to get... Oh, the avant-garde birds. Right. Yeah. Right. They don't want to get the tried and tested animals that work. They want to be different, and they want to go out there and get something that sounds cool that nobody else has. And you're... You're a novice at this, so that's well, not smart. Let's look at dogs as a comparison for breeds and stuff. What what performs better as like a sled dog, the husky or the mutt, the one that was you know mixed with all these? So these purebred Good breeds. Point. I mean, the breeding like Opal. He Opal is our, our oldest dog. She's a yellow lab. She's the only purebred dog we have, including Milk Boy, because he has part Anatolian Shepherd in him. But Opal is more susceptible to like hip dysplasia and issues like that. Because she comes from like a straight line breed. I mean, right. that family tree is like right straight up and down because a lot of these breeders don't care about proper breeding. They don't know when to, how to properly do line breeding or anything like that. So you get all these issues in these purebred animals. Instead, maybe look for the mutts. Well, the that's ones that where perform well. Well, everybody was going into these Idaho pasture pigs or they want guinea hogs. Now, they all have their place, I think, especially a guinea hog. And we'll cover that maybe, well, we I guess we can cover it right here in a little bit. But right now, as far as your herbivores, whether you got sheep out there, maybe even you have goats, you know, you got some stuff you need cleaned up, you know, don't necessarily go out there and get the, the cool thing that everybody has right now because you're going to find out that a lot of times anything that's popular is really not the best thing for you. And I see this over and over and over and over again where everybody's got to have something different. And you're already making a big mistake right there. Get something that is suited for your land. Like, I mean, if you're trying to do it without having to purchase feed and stuff like that, pick the right breeds. Like if you're uh, raising meat birds and you're getting the Cornish Cross chickens, well, you're getting the one that works the least and consumes the most. Where you could get a better tasting bird in... uh, any of those red varieties, I can't remember. Well, it all depends on what you're going down to. But we're, you know, on as concerning the herbivores, um, the big thing right now is everybody getting something that they think is avant-garde and cool, you know, and you're messing up and then you have problems. And bet, worse yet, it's usually the amateurs right out of the gates that are doing this. I don't yeah. know why. I mean, I, I have a brother that was famous for this, y'all. I mean, he would do things, even though it was the most inefficient way in the world, like let's say air layering. Yeah. of a tree to propagate where I'm like, why are you air layering that one branch on a peach tree when we can cut it up, take those scions and make 10 trees out of that one branch. But no, he insisted on doing it the most inefficient way just because it was cool because nobody else was doing it. So don't do that. When it comes to your herbivores, if you pick the right ones, they can work for you. They really can. And they, they don't really require much. So we got those pretty much covered. Yeah. The herbivores is just, Pick the right beat, breed, get your grazing right, learn how to graze properly, and like your stocking density plus a proper grazing pattern should save you from having to purchase anything for your herbivores. Now, speaking of that also, as far as the grazing, it's funny because a while back, I remember seeing this video of all these farmers, and I can't find that video to save my life, where every last one of them, were they experimented doing Greg Judy's method. Every single one of them to a person said, yeah, absolutely, it works. And every last one of them went back to the old way they were doing it because they said it was too much work. 
Yeah. <laughs> you're you're a farmer. Yeah, but they they're so <laughs> it's used supposed to, to require more than just letting them out like twice a year. Right. So it isn't just a matter of ignorance. At the end of the day, it really comes down to, you know, hey, you know, and that's the benefit. That's why women outshoot men in the army every single time. You know why? Because women didn't spend their lives, by and large, for the most part, growing up shooting guns. So they never learned bad habits. Same thing in farming. So if you're right out of the gates and you don't know what you're doing, you're probably going to have a, a higher tactical advantage than the person who's learned it from five generations deep because they're entrenched in the way of doing it. And at the same yeah. time, they're not at all receptive. In fact, um, your mom's family. Oh, yeah. They're, uh, I have a cousin who's wanting to start grazing. They have a dairy and maybe a third of the herd is like beef. Yeah. Um, but she's wanting to get started into grazing like uh, Joel Salatin and Greg Judy and stuff. But she's battling three generations or two other generations that don't want to change what they've been doing their entire lives. Right. And those are all guys, huh? Yeah. yeah so my cousin is a woman and everybody fighting her is a guy. It's not just her. It's your aunt also. And it's because they've been doing it this way for so long that they are reluctant to change up those habits. And the women in that family are like, I mean, man, they do a, they do a lot of work. And oh, yeah. She used to beat me up. <laughs> she used to beat <laughs> me up. <laughs> yeah, but at the end of the day, you know, it's like, um, I mean, it, when you get down to brass tacks with a lot of this stuff, look, if you're going to do it the old-fashioned way, then, you know, permaculture ain't for you because that's really not, that's not what we do here, you know, and you're going to have to be open to change. And that's what I love so much about Greg Judy is that every single time you go back and check with that guy, you read his book, you're like, okay, yeah, that's how he does it. Then you go back and check it out. Um, guess what? He's doing something else. He's doing a high density thing. And then now he's changed it up. He's changed it up so many ways. And it tells you it's an indicative. It's indicative of his, his mind that he's always searching for answers, no matter how old he gets, which is why he's such a, you know, he and the, the others like him, the people I look up to, um, that's why they're extraordinary and why in every single way, Jeff Lawton, you yeah. know, every single way you can think of. Um, and there's a bunch of others out there too. So, yeah, I mean, you could go to Jeff Lawton's place, um, like one, one time and then go back and visit a year later and everything's, or not everything, but a lot of it is going to be different because he treats his place as a testing ground to see what works, how it works and just to test out new ideas and stuff. Well, we've been doing a lot of the same too. And that's the beauty going back to the money thing is when you have saved a little bit of money, there's a lot of R and D we do out here. There really yeah. is. We can take risks that a lot of people can't do just because, and I'm like I said, by no means are we the Rockefellers. It's just one of the things that wakes me up in the morning and has me when I go to sleep at night is thinking about, okay, can I tweak this just a little bit? Is there another way to do this chicken tractor on steroids? Um, how, is there a better way to move these pigs? Can we do all that? So it should be fluid, no matter the animal. So with that said, son, let's move into the pigs. We'll save the chickens for last. Okay. Okay. So, and we're only going to talk about the most common animals. So pigs, folks, a lot of people out there are afraid to have pigs. You don't know what you're missing. Oh, pigs are awesome. They're friendly. I mean, it's like not all of them, but well, for get, the most part, I mean, we haven't had any that weren't. Well, not so far. I mean, but just stay moving whenever you're in the pen with them. Yeah. You don't want to, <laughs> yeah, just, or you can stay on the outside and feed them that way if you want. But you know, typically, um, you know, we, we raise two types of pigs. We raise one for fat 
that brings me right back to the guinea hogs. Now you're looking at sometimes 18 months on something like that before you can put them in the freezer. You, we've done it much earlier. Um, and then you have your other pigs. I mean, that can take um, nine months. It could take longer. And there's a benefit to both. Running them the way we do. We don't have them in a pen sitting still their whole <coughs> life. We have them in like in the woods right now and they're running up and down mountains. So it's going to take a little bit longer for them to finish out. Yeah. Um, I kind of covered that in one of the videos just a little bit and that I'm feeding these pigs probably 30% more and it's still been a struggle to get weight on them. Um, well we got them because you couldn't find pigs and we bought pigs. We shouldn't even have bought in the first place. Right. Had yeah. it been the regular world, we'd have never bought them cause they were, they had worms. So we had to chase them out. But it was the only thing we could find. And so once we got them out, that stunted them at like two months, I think. Yeah. And so that put them back. And then they're burning a lot of calories going up in these mountains. But then we also, um, we're feeding them probably 30% at least more because of that. But now, reason why I'm saying you're missing the boat on pigs. Number one, they are easier. Tell me if I'm lying here, son. They are easier to care for than chickens. They require less work. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, chickens, every single day, there's at least one chicken that's gotten out. Well, it doesn't, all, even if that's not your problem, they got to move often. Right, yeah. Yeah, they do. And then the pigs will work in areas that chickens just won't even touch. Pigs do more work than the chickens. I mean, they're a bigger bodied animal. It's no little, security issues? Yeah, they don't have any predators, especially, or at least around here, they don't have any predators. I mean, we have bear, and we the got, bear don't even mess with them. Yeah, but when you got a gang of pigs in there, and they're like, okay, it's all about us right now, and we nothing's going to mess with them, not when they're big enough. You they're know? fun to watch. Well, well yeah, they're, <laughs> they're you know, that's, that's also a permaculture aspect to this. You know, Do you get entertainment out of this stuff? Well, the pigs talking about how we raise them for free. Look y'all, and we're going to cover more of this here in a minute. But honestly, all of our pigs and every there are people that think we're not telling the truth, but it is true we raise our pigs. I said in that video a while back we do it for 31 cents a pound because I didn't think nobody would believe me. The real number is closer to 21 cents a pound. And, and that's calculating in the initial cost of the purchase of the piglet and then like a bag of feed to wean them off. Right, right. It ain't much. And then they're on food scraps. And we'll talk about those food scraps because what we feed the pigs are exactly what we feed the chickens. But yeah, so we raise them up in the woods. We do that and we raise them for free on food scraps. Now we do supplement. This is important. Very important. Every single day. And they eat, I'd say 80% rice. Uh, there's some beans in there, tortilla chips, um, you know, and then they're getting a nice salad bar out of the woods. When they scuff up the ground good enough to where I like it, then they move on. Um, but do not neglect the minerals. So they have kelp on demand and they, they will eat. I've seen, let's say six pigs here go through 10 gallons of biochar in one sitting. Yeah. Unactivated biochar. So kind of charcoal. Well, charcoal. Point. Yeah. But it came out as activated biochar. Yeah. That's a fact. <laughs> but yeah, we've seen that. Um, so if they're doing it, they need it. And that's, you know, those trees basically bioaccumulate all those minerals in the ground when it's burned or when it's charred, then guess what? It makes it bioavailable for those pigs and they love it. So either they're getting that or they're getting both. And the kelp, you know, we put that on demand, a little trick, hat tip to uh, Joel Salatin. That's where I got that little trick from. And then of course they're finding a lot of what they need in the field, but you know what else I'm finding out? 
Well, also, don't you put in uh, pumpkin seeds and rosemary and diatomaceous earth and stuff like that? In yeah, they, they get a little bit of all that. But that's how you wormed them, too. Right, but that's that's to get that's to keep them, you know, uh, worm-free also. So, yeah, those are some of the things. But we buy them in such bulk where the price is actually quite minuscule. So it doesn't require much. And, of course, they get a fair share. They get a whole lot of garlic, which is why we grow a lot. Yeah, a lot of comfrey, too. Yeah, well, that's what I was going to get to is that also we're finding out – I'm. There's a lot of experiments as we do this along the way, and we have comfrey coming out of our ears. And in fact, Justin from Metcalf Mills calls this place Comfrey Lane. So we take the comfrey when we clip off the tops, like we did a video just today, as a matter of fact, talking about, you know, problems are the solution. So what we do, we take these the tops of the comfreys that we needed to get out of there so the sweet potatoes can grow. Another little experiment we got going. We'll let you know how that works out in the future. But anyway, as that's unfolding, we took those leaves, walked out in there in the woods, and folks, I'm here to tell you, you can throw the regular feed out there, and you can pile up that comfrey right next to it. They're going to eat that feed, but nine times out of ten, they eat that comfrey first because it's all—it's a dynamic accumulator. Comfrey's putting those roots down in the soil, taking it all up, depositing it into the leaves. That's why, without a doubt, it's our most valuable thing. I mean, the pigs will eat yeah. their weight. And and then there's also no doubt there's somebody out there shaking their head saying, "Well, yeah, we got we got a episode lined up addressing specifically that." Yeah, they're going to yeah. say, "Well, they're going to get liver toxicity." Well, I got news for you, I have never, ever, with poison stuff all the way around an animal, I have yet to see an animal kill itself when it had availability of good food around it, or food that it could eat, because they already know that it's toxic if they're eating it nine. In my experience, I've never seen an animal kill itself when there was a food around them that they could eat. Well, I mean, people in the South and then people in Russia and that that whole block region, everybody used comfrey for everything. Right. And then all of a sudden, they're saying it causes liver toxicity. Oh, how about that? All of a sudden. At the same time, they're figuring out they can synthesize allantoin. Yeah. (laughs) So you see a little problem there. And then also the same thing. You know, I'm not one for... um, you know, I'll put it this way. We use CBD every single day and it, especially in your mom, it has worked wonders in a whole variety of reasons. And I'm not going to get into those, but, um, gee, is there a reason why that was off the market too? Well, it might be here soon because they just came out with the prescription for CBD. It was the first, it was like an ad. It was an ad on, I think it was an ad on Instagram. And it was a prescription for, they're calling it like cannabidol or something like that. But it's a prescription now. You can go to a pharmacy. Get out of town. Yeah. So these, so they're taking over that too. Well, okay. So <laughs> let's not digress too much. Um, the bottom line is, at the end of the day, when you got those pigs out there, remember, your minerals have got to be on point. And that's where we use a lot of comfrey. Look, I know we sell it. And look, we don't have to sell it. But honestly, and, and as a permaculture designer, son, I know this is sacrilege to say that there's one thing that we use more than anything, but there, we cannot grow enough comfrey because we use it. Yeah, it's our most value. Even if we didn't sell it, it's our most valuable plant. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. We use it. Like I said, if you can't get any of that stuff in these times, I can't help but wonder if comfrey, if I couldn't get my hands on kelp and, you know, where we live, we'll always have some sort of availability in terms of biochar but if i had nothing else i guarantee i think comfrey would do the trick yeah i ain't about to play no experiments on my meat that's growing out (laughs) in that woods i ain't about to mess around and find out but if it came push came to shove that's exactly what i'd do but pigs 
Folks, I know there's some uh, religious concern for some folks uh, regarding raising pigs. Um, but even if you use, because in this Anabaptist community, I remember down in Waco, Texas, um, I, rem- I remember talking to those folks down there. And I asked him, hey, do you use pigs? I remember they were talking about cleaning up this thicket they had. He says, yeah, we use them from time to time for, you know, utility, but we don't eat them. So how cool is that? Even if you don't eat them, yeah, you can I mean, use you can them still for put utility. Them to work. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, let them do the pigness of the pig out there, man. You ain't got to eat it. Half our chickens we don't eat. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I mean, they can be eaten at any point, but we don't. Yeah, but <laughs> it, it just goes to show you that that, it, remember, the problem is the solution. So let's say you don't eat the pig. Well, make the pig work for you. Give them a great life. Use them as a pet if you have to. I mean, just use them to work over the land you need worked over. Yeah, I mean, a pig isn't a bad pet, I imagine. I've never had one as a pet, but... Yeah, we ain't had I mean, it's it's a smart animal. It's an intelligent animal. We got too many critters up in this house right now. (laughs) Don't even let your mom hear anything about having no pig in here. We will never have any permanent pet pigs. No. They will all be temporary on an eight-month basis. (laughs) But, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't also point out in terms of feeding them. Remember, if you got those guinea hogs, y'all... There is a massive danger of overfeeding them because they need very, very little in terms. Of, in fact, the ones we had, we could have probably not fed them at all. They were getting everything they needed yeah. up out of the woods. Yeah, they were, they were getting everything they needed. Um, they had plenty of, I mean, forage density was pretty thick through a new growth forest. So Yeah, so they had pretty much what they needed there. But, you know, the time, the growth time is going to be a while. So 18 months. But, folks, going back to not only permaculture, but that preparedness aspect. We raise those guinea hogs for fat. And honestly, yeah. the meat is the best pork I've ever had in my life. So yeah. can I yeah, get an amen guinea, on that? Yeah, the guinea hogs, are they taste off the hook. I mean, if you're looking for to put back a lot of meat all at once, that's not really the pig, but it's really, really good tasting meat. I don't know how everybody forgot. Or for me, it what I want off that pig is the fat. And the meat is a wonderful byproduct mm-hmm. of that. So, yeah, off of one pig, I think we got, I can't remember how many gallons of fat. Remember, fat's the one thing in nature that's hardest to find. So don't forget about those fat sources yeah, these in terms of permaculture. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> these well, they, they definitely converted it into fat, but you're going to be waiting a while on a guinea hog. So. And also, you're not going to get uh, much, if any, bacon off of them. Right. Yeah. Right. Mangalitas. Um, you know, those are another slow-growing pig. Uh, Tim Burton pig. Yeah. And then you got those... Um, and that's another one of those Cooney, designer. Cooney. Well, there's a lot of these that have become designer pigs, and a lot of people were getting on board with them, and then they find out the hard way. Man, I maybe I shouldn't have got this pig. It's going to take forever, and and they don't feed their animals like we do. Yeah, that's what this is all about. We feed them for free. So if I got to leave my animals on the hoof right now, like by and large, son, if anybody else were raising these uh, Yorkshires we got up in the woods right now, they would be losing their butts if they had to buy. Yeah, store-bought feed because we have them on the hoof and we can keep them on the hoof as long as we want because we don't go to the store to feed them, you know? So they eat food scraps. So with that said, we'll probably cover more of that. If anybody has any questions, let me know. Okay, now... Hold on. That also means having to feed them 30% more isn't necessarily... It's not a hardship. Not Because we're not paying 30% more for the feed. Right. Now, we're going to get into the piece de resistance. And we're going to talk about that chicken tractor on steroids because we're talking about feeding your animals for free. Now, do you need to do the chicken tractor on steroids to feed your chickens for free? The answer is no. You don't have to. 
you could feed them food scraps. Um, once again, you better make sure the minerals are on point. But the beauty about the chicken tractor on steroids is they get everything they need from that compost pile. They get the protein out of there. Um, they'll even make a dust bath to some extent out yeah. of that pile. Yeah. Um, minerals, you can put it out there, but they very seldom touch it. Everything about that chicken, when you have them on store-bought food, and then you move them into that chicken tractor on steroids, everything about their behavior changes immeasurably. In fact, the ideal chicken for laying changes within that system. You don't want that kind of bird. You want a big-bodied, dual-purpose bird. You want a meat bird. You want something like it that can move things around. But you could literally, and I have, you could have them chickens on a regular rotation where they move every day, and instead of their chicken feed, you can go out there and throw them food scraps, which we do. Jeff Lawton, he only feeds his chickens when he's wanting to boost egg production. He doesn't feed his chickens at all. If they're running through the food forest and stuff like that, he doesn't feed them at all unless it's food scraps and if he wants to boost egg productions for a short period of time. Oh, those got to be some rough-looking chickens, homie. There's some tough there's some tough chickens. The snakes they have to deal with in Australia, <laughs> some tough chickens. They got to be some rough ones too, man. But also, that's maybe something you want to breed into these things in these times. Because let's not let's not kid ourselves, y'all. The price of everything's going through the roof. So yeah. you better have that on point. So, okay, within that system, we'll, we'll do a whole episode at some point on the chicken tractor on steroids. But in terms of feeding your omnivores, y'all, that's what we are really, 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 really good at. Not bragging here. It's just fact, y'all, because we spent years doing it long before. Um, there was a YouTube channel. Well, yeah, long before there was a YouTube channel. And long before also there became, you know, we were getting grains pretty easy for the longest time. And I was wondering, when we started exposing this on YouTube, I thought, sure, everybody and their great-grandmother would want to try this. Be what I didn't account for is that it is very, it is labor intensive. If you're used to going out there, throwing some feed to your chickens and moving on, well, you're going to be possibly a bit disappointed in a system like this because it does require some work out of you. Yeah. Yeah, it does. I mean, every day you have to at least rake up the piles. That's right. You have to, I mean, there's going to be one day a week where you have to flip every pile. Right. But it answers so many problems. I mean, in that system, folks, if you want to know more details about it, go check it out. We've got a playlist on YouTube. I think we have two or three playlists right. talking think, about it. Right. With we, different versions. There's some with meat birds. There's some with just layers. Yeah. Right. And we had it. What it came down to with us was um, when Jeff Lawton first exposed everybody. Well, let me back up a little bit. He got the idea from a guy named Carl Hammer at Vermont Composting. And then Jeff Lawton kind of adapted that to, you know, put it down to a homestead level. And we adapted it even further in many different directions because at first we had to do it without the benefit of having cow poop. So we had to figure that out. That took some time. And at the time, I was running three different chicken tractors on steroids by myself at the time, trying to figure out and, you know, couldn't get it to work, couldn't get it to work. And then finally, you know, the, the problem with me is when an idea takes root, I have a hard time quitting until I figure it out because I, especially if I know if somebody else already did it. Yeah, you guys should have seen the house whenever he discovered risotto and wanted to perfect the risotto. <laughs> risotto was being made multiple times a day, every day. Hey, man, it ain't easy to make, man. But when I got it down, you ain't, you're singing a different tune now. No, you got it down. Yeah, it was just funny to see the progression. <laughs> yeah, but that's that's how it goes when some of these ideas take root. Because when you have this kind of, you know, there was a guy that said the deductive mind never rests. So, man, this is what I'm. I'm like, okay, this guy did it. 
I don't think he's lying about it, so I'm going to find a way to replicate it, but I don't have the benefit of poop. Then when I did, I was making some colossal mistakes about where I was getting the poop and all that kind of stuff, but it still worked even with my mistakes. Okay, let's kind of segue away from the chicken tractor on steroids and get into the places where you can go to get this food. Oh, you're going to reveal that? I ain't telling them exactly where, (laughs) but I'm going to give them some great ideas because like I said, folks, I didn't just come up with this. This is one of the questions maybe I could have put in here because a lot of people are always asking, where do I go to get the food? And in fact, that was one of the questions. And um, I'm just going to throw some ideas out there. Some of them you might not have ever even thought of. And this is essentially what I did at that uh, last festival we went to, the Self-Reliance Festival. Yeah. Which, by the way, they're going to have another one, what, in October? October. Yeah, there's the one. We need a calendar with... All the dates in here. Yeah, so just look up Self Reliance Festival, and honestly, you're gonna you're never gonna see a collection of uh, more freedom loving people in your life. And that's exactly where we're digging the swales too. So if you come to the Self Reliance Festival, you can see still see the swales. There you go. Yeah, so that's exactly what John's planning on out there is that between every Self Reliance Festival, you will see some major thing having been done. Like he always says, you know, if there's success, you better see evidence of it. So he's he's going to provide that. Okay, as far as where to go. I'm going to start with some of the places, you know, that, you know, you see every day, like corner stores, believe it or not. There's a guy down there at Smiley, son. He goes to all the places in Burnsville, Mars Hill, all the local places around here. He's made a deal. And I mean, the guy is, he's a little bit out there and he's, anyway, I won't, I won't go into too much, but I've run into him a number of times. He will fill the entire back of his pickup truck with bread that he got from, you know, corner groceries here and there. He's made a deal with them. Like, I'll take it off your hands. So that's one place. Restaurants. Okay. This is where everybody seems to miss the boat. And this is where I'm going to go into a little bit more detail. Um, we're coming. We only got 10 minutes to get this in here, but I know that I can get it done. You know why? Because I'm the permaculture pimp, daddy. That's what I do. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> and um, we control the podcast and we can make it as long as we want. Daddy. Son, I wasn't telling them all that. Um, okay. Restaurants. Okay, if you're going to go to a restaurant, you got to do this. Um, Go between the hours of 2 and 4 p.m. Do not go in the morning. Do not go in the evening. That is the worst thing you can do. You want to go there when there's a a lull. That is the least busy time of day you're ever going to find at a restaurant. So between the hours of 2 and 4, ideal is about 3 o'clock. If you can go there, and, you know, go there. And like I said, you want to go in there and don't look like you want to halfway dress the part. If you can have a collared shirt, have your name on it, have your farm logo on it, go in there and look the part, tuck your shirt in, you know, go in, ask to speak to the manager. And this is what you say, because it is true. If you go in there and tell, and no matter what place I give you, y'all, if you go in there and tell these folks, you're going to sit here and feed this to your animals. About 100% of the time, the chance, you're going to hear no. About 100% of the time. Never, ever, ever tell them that. Because they're already programmed, whether it's a grocery store, which nine times out, which 10 times out of 10, it's always going to be no, except in some cases, and I'll cover that. But nine times out of 10, the answer is always going to be no. But if you tell them, hey, I'm going to ultimately make compost out of this stuff, or I'm going to make compost out of it, which is exactly what I'm doing. Everything that's coming out of that back end of these animals is composted, yeah. especially in the chickens. So, Especially it, if it lands on carbon. There you go. And um, 
if you tell them I intend to make compost with this, I have not once heard no whenever I told them that. So your experience may be different. Um, mine definitely is a little more different too. And I, and I suspect there's some reasons for that. And that I covered at the self-reliance festival. Okay. Um, farm stores, believe it or not, that one guy I was telling you about that picks up his, uh, pickup truck, farm stores. He's going to some of these local farm stores that got stuff on the shelf, you know, knickknacks, you know, old cupcakes and stuff like that. Not the best thing in the world, but Hey, it works. Uh, food banks. Look, food banks are the end of the line. A lot of time the food in that food bank is in because it couldn't be used elsewhere. Okay. But they even throw stuff away and they throw a lot of it away. So even in the small town that we lived in decab, Texas, we still, we were still able to get more food than we needed, even in this small town. So if you think that it can't be done, it can. Okay. You're scrapped from processing your other animals. We feed chickens, everything, but chicken, we feed pigs, everything, but pig. So when you make a, you know, there was a way where we butchered them before where we would basically strip off all the meat off the uh, chickens and then we'd make little pig sickles out of it and then throw it over to the pigs. You know, not the best thing in the world unless they're fully grown and you want to do it kind of sparingly. Here's another one, y'all. Everybody goes to it. So it's not your best source in the world, but breweries. Every pig farmer, anybody out there raising pigs has probably hit up the brewery, but try anyway. Here is one fantastic place and. I can't believe more people ain't doing it. That is orchards. Yeah. Son, I, you could literally go to one of the orchards, just one orchard, and I could fill up the back of my pickup truck, and this is no exaggeration, probably 30 times, 30 times with the apples that hit the ground that they can't do anything with. So, I mean, in these times, somebody's going to say, well, has it been sprayed? Well, let me ask you this. Do you care? You know, if you're not yeah. going to feed those animals or you're hungry, do you care? So, you know, let's not forget orchards, y'all. I have, you would not believe how much you can get just from that source alone. Of course, there's bakeries. Here's another one, y'all. Churches. Um, there's a lot of churches where they have like summer programs, especially right now. Uh, when I was growing up, there was this church that whenever I go to Stillwater, I grew up in Oklahoma and my brother was playing for Oklahoma State at the time. We'd go up there, hang out in the summer. We were just kids. But then there was this church next door and they would feed all the kids that lived in this uh, broke down apartment complex. And we're like, Oh, free food. Well, <laughs> all right, we're going to go in there. <laughs> so they would feed all the neighbor kids around there. And like I said, I was in junior high or something like that. So we'd go over there, grub. The food wasn't great, but it was food and I didn't care. Um, and neither did any of the other kids that, you know, came along with us. So they're throwing away a lot of food. Also summer camps, dumpsters, bakeries. But let me give you the, let me give you one. You probably don't think you're probably thinking, okay, if I live really rurally, what do I have available to me? Well, no matter how rural the town, you tell me they ain't got no high school there. They don't have a junior high. What about an elementary? I bet they got all of those in very close proximity. Now you're first, now you're, you're going to say, well, they're not going to give it to me. Okay. Let me just tell you how you go about doing it. And then I'm gonna give you the, um, I'm going to give you the, uh, boy, I am dropping a lot. I didn't tell you one of the places I go specifically, but I'm dropping a lot here, y'all. Here's what you do. If you go to any school dumpster, go out there, especially at an at a, uh, elementary school. Go look in that dumpster, and what are you going to see? You're going to see about a quarter of the bottom of that dumpster filled with milk. I am deadly serious. Every single day, 
They're dumping milk in there. Now, a lot of that food that they're feeding these kids ain't even fit for them to eat, much lesser animals. But if you're in a bind right now, you could go there and get that. Now, do you need to jump in the dumpster? Yeah, <laughs> I do. I mean, I have. I mean, there's some of these times. You get over it pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're thinking, you know, I remember this one clown, you know, years back, you know, he's like, hey, bum. You, I'm like, bum? Who are you talking to? Boy, I buy and sell you with the change in my pocket. And, um, you know, he, well, he, that was in Texarkana. Yeah. At that, um, well, I better not say, but anyway, um, yeah, he called me a bum. Anyway, um, I digress, but anyway, you're, you're paying taxes. Y'all half that stuff. They're throwing away. Is it the best thing in the world to feed your animals? No, but we're getting to the point where you're going to have to start looking for options, okay? We all know what's going on in this world. We know everything seems to be going to hell in a handbasket. Ain't no two ways about that. Um, you know, go there, hit up the school, hit up the principal. They're going to tell you no. That's fine. Then here's your nuclear option. You go to the school board. Yeah, you go to the school board and you say, look, y'all, you get a hold of that microphone. You get up there and say, look, I'm a taxpayer here, and so are the other people out here. This is what you do. You're, you're implying that they're with you, but they don't have to be. Hey, I'm a taxpayer. Other people are too. So tell me, how come y'all are wasting all this food? That I looked in that dumpster. This is all going out. And then raise holy cane up in that place and tell them, look, I want to make compost out of this stuff. At least I can take this waste stream that you have and turn it into something useful. Well, let's say you just get the milk out of there. Hmm. Well... Sean and Beth Doherty wrote an entire book on the family milk cow. Well, guess what? That school could have become your family milk cow. <laughs> you know, it literally could and way more than that. And instead of digging it out of the dumpster, they may actually like some of these college universities. I remember telling Joel Salatin about that. You know, one of the local universities here, 600 pounds a day, and they are willing to sift it for you. Now, I'm will, willing to pay you to take it away. And pay me to pick it. Yes. Pay you to take it away. Can you beat that? Look, there are options out there, y'all. There are enormous opportunities. You just got to look. And honest, honestly, look, I'm going to say something since I can be as controversial as I want to. I'd be lying if I didn't admit that some of these doors have opened just because of the color of my skin. Can you believe that? <laughs> I'd have never believed being brown growing up. I'd have never believed this would wind up. <laughs> I'd have never believed this would turn out to be a benefit for me, but here we go. So I go in there, and in the case of like this uh, University of North Carolina, um, they think they're helping out what they think is a disadvantaged black dude. And uh, and for the record, I'm not even most. I'm not even all black. Not even close, really. But that's another story. But the point being is if, and I remember Jack Spierko died laughing when I said this once, is if you can't do it, let's say you're one of those pale faces out there listening to me, <laughs> well, you better go recruit a Mexican. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I can say anything I want. I'm going to say it. I can be politically incorrect. You know how many people are going to show up to school boards and blackface now? <laughs> <laughs> Man, they're going to walk in there Al Jolson style. But no, if you can, I mean, go in there, try this stuff first. And if you can, maybe get a person of color that you know that you can get to be an ally. Okay. And uh, I don't know, pay them 50, 100 bucks. It doesn't matter. 
I mean, you're going to make, it's going to pay dividends in massive ways on the other end, because honestly, that has opened doors. A lot of these lunatics out there, they think that I'm some disadvantaged, whatever. If you want to believe that, knock yourself out, Jack, because at the end of the day, I am feeding my animals for free. I just thought of another income stream. Somebody Let, could hire you to come talk to these places <laughs> for. You know, there was a lady actually on Patreon. There was a lady that actually hit me up about that, man. Now, she wasn't looking at it for this. She was like, hey, I'm really shy. Um, you know, I'm, I, I really don't feel comfortable doing this. And, of course, I busted out laughing. I mean, I don't have I, – I can't possibly go where she was to go make that happen. But, folks, let me leave you with this last one here. Okay. I'm going to tell you a brief story, and then we'll go ahead and end this. But – this is important. This is really, so hopefully you made it this far along. Um, there's one of my honey holes I go to around here, okay? And there were some people we were going to church with at the time when yeah. we were still attending this church. And while we don't go there, is another podcast in and of itself. But anyway, um, I remember they hit me up. They asked me to come out there and look at their pigs and look at their operation and stuff. And, you know, I gave them some advice. And then they said to me, and like a complete doggone moron, I fell for it. Because I'm thinking, okay, these are Christian folks. They're not going to do anything, you know. They said, well, you know, it really doesn't matter, but where do you get your food? And I told them. Like a doggone dummy, I <laughs> sat there and told them where I get it. And don't you know, they wound up being my competitors. How cold-blooded is that? It didn't last long, though. No, it didn't last long. But the fact is, I ran my big mouth and, um, you know, I... So be real mindful when you find a place. I'm not, that's why I'm not going to give you specifics because no doubt somebody that lives near me nearby is going to know exactly where I go. But some of these places I got locked up, they know me. And you know, also when I go to some of these places, if there's trash around there, I pick it up. You make yourself a blessing to them. Okay. That helps too. You're taking a waste stream out, but at the same time, they don't have to take a person out of that kitchen to go out there and clean up something. You dig? Which restaurants, what type of uh, food do you think has the most calorie-dense waste? Uh, you're always going to do better at a Mexican place, if it's a restaurant. You're always going to do better at a Mexican place because the beans and rice, and uh, if you can find a you know a non-GMO kind of Mexican place, that's always great. Because there's beans, rice, corn, there's always going to be a little bit high you know, sodium content, but the pigs just drink more water. So, uh, at least when it comes to like chips, so you want to be kind of careful about that. But by and large, yeah, that's where you're going to get the most bang for your buck when it comes to a lot of this stuff. So, um, oh, if you're feeding pigs, you could probably just go to a halal place, some wow. halal restaurant if you even have access to one. But yeah, there are, I mean, there's a couple in Asheville. There's, yeah, I mean, they're getting more and more popular, like a shawarma or a euro place. Or that's you can most go to likely a, halal. A Jewish place, but don't tell either one of them you're feeding them to pigs. Well, yeah. <laughs> Also, I don't know how many Jewish restaurants exist in this world. I don't know. There, there's some out there, but, you know, there there are, but there's halal, definitely. Yeah. So um, make these people your partners. Do little things. When you when they do you a solid, do them a solid. If you got some spare honey, drop it off. Believe me, they will love you for it. You got extra eggs, drop those off. You know, always, I leave that place better than I found it. So when they get, they get happy to see me come around. I'll spend, and really, what does it take? Five minutes to sit here and pick up trash? Or even if it's like a mom and pop place, you might offer the owner, if you have five or six pigs and you can only fit two of them in your freezer, maybe offer them half a pig. Yeah, because if Something they're feeding, like exactly, if they're feeding, or your chickens, yeah, if they're feeding your stock, 
Look, they're going to make out like a bandit. Make them your de facto partners, y'all. There are so many options out here. They're going to stop offering to-go boxes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, if you don't finish it here, you don't get it. All right, y'all. Well, hopefully this podcast has been a blessing to you. So this is all about, and like I said, this hasn't been comprehensive in so many different ways, but we are definitely going to cover this more and more. Remember, if you got any questions, go hit me up at Billy at Permapastures. That's with an S at the end of it. Billy at Permapasturesfarm.com. Till next time, this is Billy and William from Permapastures Farm. You've listened to the Permaculture Pimpcast, where permaculture is my passion. We'll see you next time, y'all.